You are listening to the Passion City Church Podcast. To learn more about Passion City Church, including our gathering times in Atlanta and Washington, D.C., visit us online at passioncitychurch.com. Today's talk comes from Pastor Louis Giglio. We're at that time of the year where uh, we have to go through this exercise called thinking about the new year. Anybody still in that zone? Or have we all just said, hey, that was a thing, it happened, it's over, we're real, really back to you know, the regular scheduled programming? Anybody decide I'm not eating XYZ in 2023, but unfortunately you had that last night? No, I'm just for real, I'm just trying to check in, see where we all are, how we're all doing. I don't know about you, but coming out of 2020, that was a year, Imagine if your word for the year in 2020 had been travel and adventure. (laughs) And you heard from God, you were committed, you had already written it at the top of your journal. 2020, this is my year. I'm going to see the world. I've got a list of nine places I'm going to go. I am going to be an adventurer in 2020. And you did. You adventured right down to the den and... uh, (laughs) That was it. So 2020 kind of made us all think in 2021, okay, things are going to shift and change and be different and be easier. And then 2020 happened and we're like, man, that felt rougher than 20. I mean, 2021 came and it was like, that was a little harder than 2020. Because at least in 2020, we were all home, you know, just hanging around doing puzzles and getting to know our family. And (laughs) it wasn't all that terrible at the end of the day. In 2021, we're trying to navigate going back to work, not going back to work. Do we feel okay going out? Do we feel better staying in? And then we thought, well, 2022 is going to come. And I mean, this is going to be our year. And I bet everybody had a word in 2022. And it was going to be like, yes. And then 2022 came and it was like, Okay, that wasn't great. So for 2023, I just decided I'm not going to make any really big proclamations. (laughs) Is there anybody else in that zone where you're like, I'm just going to like, you know, give it a few months, see what happens, and then I'll adjust accordingly. And I think that's really what is in my heart today coming into these few weeks we're going to have together talking about priorities is that I don't want this to be prescriptive. In other words, I don't want this to be the person on stage saying, hey, everybody, this is what we're all going to do. Because everybody in this room is in a different place in your journey, in your life, in your faith, in your confidence. And every one of us probably needs to hear from God specifically, personally, here's what I want you to be thinking about. And as we do that, Um, it ends up taking us to a couple of different areas in life. And the first of those is the things that we have to do. And so this isn't going to be prescriptive, by the way. This isn't a TED Talk, so don't get ready for anything super impressive at the end of it. I just want to begin the process for you of giving you a framework by which you can think about the fact that you're breathing air today, and that is a very, very miraculous thing. And Lord willing, and I'm telling you, the way things have been going in life, it is not a guarantee, but Lord willing, you will be back here again in 365 days. 
And in that time, a lot of opportunity will have come your way. And I want us just to begin to think individually, as a family, uh, as a business, as an organization, as a church, how do we want to frame up this time? Uh, This first area, and you can just make some notes as you want to do it, these would be the things that are required of you. And so you can just go ahead and make a little short list over in your notes. I see all of you are taking notes, so that's awesome. Uh, if it, <laughs> but um, you can just write out what are some of the things that are required of you. Maybe we could have a few here at Cumberland. Uh, and 515, feel free to yell out as well. They can, uh, somebody will curry them over. Um, what, what are a few things that are required of you? Anybody? Say again. You've got to provide. Okay, it's required of you that you've got to pay some bills, and uh, if you don't pay the bills, people are going to call you. Uh, some of you got to take your kid to, to school tomorrow. That's a requirement. Okay, you can't just tell them, I'm sorry, I don't, I'm not feeling it today. You're on your own. You can drive if you want. You can ride your bike. You can walk. You know the way. That's up to you. No, it's a requirement. Some of you are required to get your kids to school Tomorrow. That's not one of the things when you wake up tomorrow, you're going to go, hmm, what do I want to do today? No, you're going to take your kids to school because that's what you're going to do. Some of you have a dentist appointment coming up tomorrow, and that's a requirement, sort of. Some of you are going to text them and say, I have COVID, and I'm sorry, I'm not feeling good, I have a fever. That's worked really good for a lot of us this year on a lot of our requirements. I think I'm I think I have a fever. I haven't checked yet. I haven't taken a test, but probably shouldn't show up. Um, There's another group of things, and I'll put these all together in a minute. And these are the things that you desire. They're not really required, but you want to do them. Some of you want to go to Switzerland. You're planning on it. You've been looking online. You've been checking out airfare. You've been looking at different places you can go. You've got a couple of of cities or towns that you want to visit. If anybody want to go to Switzerland, by the way, this year, that's in your thing? I mean, like for real, not like you just want to go, but it's in your, it's in your right now, because that's a word from the Lord. If you do, that was a confirmation <laughs> from God. Shelly Giglio is going to Switzerland. I don't know if she desires that I go or not, but she's going. These are the things that we really are passionate about and if you just could, you know, write out on a piece of paper, if there's five things I could do this year, these are the five things I want to do. I don't have to do them. I'm not required to do them. I don't get paid to do them. I'm not under contract obligation to do them, but I'd really like to do them. There's another circle of things in life, and this is probably uh, maybe the most important one, and these, this is what your purpose is in life. And you could say that a few different ways. It's what you're created to do. It's what you are called to do. Different from what you signed a contract at your company to do, but these are things that God has called you to do. These are things that you are gifted uniquely by God to do. So this is your purpose. These desires would be more of your passion. And we get those mixed up all the time. But if we could just sort of delineate for a moment, all of us have the same purpose in life. 
You and the person sitting next to you were created for the same purpose. You're like, no, 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 no. He's an attorney and I'm a counselor and we have very different purposes. No, you have different gifts. You have different aptitude. You have different opportunity and abilities, but you have the same purpose. You're created by God and created for God. That's your purpose. And you were gifted by God, and your gifting may take you into a different lane and desire and purpose, but you were created by and for God. And then, and, and you, you see this with um, Adam and Eve, and I, I'm just kind of breaking down for a minute. I know it feels like we're doing a seminar. We're going to get into God's Word in just a second. But think about Adam and Eve. What was their purpose? They were created to know God be in relationship with God, number one. They were created to be in relationship with each other, number two. And they were created, uh, get ready, to work. They had three purposes. Know God, be in relationship with each other, and steward God's creation. So work is not a product of the fall. Work is a God-given purpose in life. So how, how could you say that about you? You are created to be in relationship with God. You're created to be in relationship with the people that God has put in your life. And you're created to steward God's things. That's your purpose in life. Now, the fall crashed into all of that and, you know, everything was set on fire but God came to restore. And when he came to restore, he did it through Christ. Christ saved us and started the church. And when he saved us and started the church, a fourth thing was added, and that was that the Holy Spirit gave each one of us a gift to build the church. So now there's four things, to be in relationship with God, to be in relationship with the people around you, to work and steward what God has created that he's put in your hands to say, take care of this for me. And he's given you a spiritual gift by which you can build up his church. That's pretty amazing. That's your purpose. So that was fun. There, there weren't any ahs and oohs and amens and all that, but that'll save you about 50 counseling visits right there. That will save you reading six different books this year, having 47 lattes with people who really don't know what they're doing, much less what you're doing. That will save you a lot of spinning around in circles going, I don't know why I'm here. No, I'll tell you why you're here. You're here to be in relationship with God. You're here to be in relationship with the people around you that God's put in your life. You're here to steward something that God has created that he's entrusting to you to say, will you take care of this for me? For Adam and Eve, it was the animal and the gardens. For you, I don't know what it's going to be. And fourthly, you are here to discover your Holy Spirit given gift that God wants you to uniquely use to build up the family of God called the church of Jesus Christ. That's your purpose in life. You can roll all that up in a whole different uh, set of words, to glorify God, to bring honor to him, uh, as we heard in the giving here, to make his name and his renown the desire of your heart. But how do you do that? How do you glorify God? By being in right relationship with him. 
And then people will go, who is this God that you love? Uh, by being in relationship with the people around you, by stewarding well the things that he's given you for his glory and by using that gift that he's given you. So we've got purposes, uh, we've got requirements, and then ultimately we have our passions. And the, the thing that you might want to be thinking ahead with me on right now is where are your priorities in the scope of all of this? When I've told this story a, a bunch of times, but it you know, never hurts to say it again because it'll really inspire somebody who needs it. But I had failed out of uh, Georgia State University. Go Panthers. <laughs> and when I say failed out, I mean royally failed out. There may be no one who's ever failed out of Georgia State at the level that I failed out of Georgia State. And I won't get into all the details about that. Um, obviously, you know me now and know that I'm a genius. So it's not that I wasn't <laughs> super smart. I just didn't have my priorities right. Going to Georgia State was going to Georgia State was one of my priorities. Actually, going to class was not one of my priorities. So I enrolled in Kennesaw. At the time, it was a junior college. My mom worked there. It all kind of added up. I'm going to go to the Kennesaw for the couple of quarters because Georgia State was on the quarter system at the time. And they'd asked me to take a couple quarters off. And so during that time, I thought, I will go to Kennesaw, get some hours, and come back. So now I'm in the process of failing out of Kennesaw Junior College. And some of you have just made it to Passion City. You're like, this is not my church. I don't know. I'm... <laughs> and so one day, I'm going to Kennesaw because I'm good at going to the school, just not going to the classes, and I'm driving right up 75, not two, more, two miles from here, at the Windy Hill exit, and I'm having this conversation with the Lord, because the Lord has made it clear to me at this point what his um, purposes are for my life. Know me, be in a relationship with other people. Steward what I've given you. At that time for me, it was being the uh, assistant youth director at my church, downtown Atlanta. That was my little flock. And I knew that the Holy Spirit had put a gift in me that he wanted me to use to build up the church. And that gift was to preach. I knew all those things at this point where I'm failed out of one school and I'm very much on my way to failing out of another school. So I'm in relationship with God. Pretty good relationships with people around me. Um, I'm managing my little flock of, you know, however many students are in my care. And I know God has put this gift in me to preach the gospel to my generation. And so we're, this is true as much as I can tell you. We are driving up, when I say we, God and me, up 75. And I am telling him how much I love him. And I'm telling him how grateful I am that he's including me. And I'm telling him that I'm so excited that I finally figured out the reason I like being in front of people and can put sentences together and have fairly decent ethos and pathos is because all the while he'd wired me up to build up his church and preach his story 
to the world. And we're just having an incredible time riding up the road. And I did not hear an audible voice, but it was if I did. And the Lord just spoke to me and said, you know, uh, you're excited about going to grad school, right? Going to seminary, getting some theological training and, and getting set to do this thing. And I'm like, I am so pumped about going to seminary. And in the calmest demeanor, I, again, no audible voice, but just very calm, well, you know, to go to a seminary, you, you have to have a bachelor's degree, as calm as it was. I swerved across all the lanes on 75 to Windy Hill exit. I cut people off. I didn't even look in the rearview mirror. I had a word from God. I got off the freeway at Windy Hill, crossed the freeway, got back on 75, drove downtown, drove up to the seventh floor of one of those parking garages they have down there, got out of my car, walked to the building where my school and my dean were housed, went to the dean of my school, asked his assistant if I could see him, knowing that classes had already been in session for six days. And I said, I need to see this this person today, please. She said, no, there's no chance of it. I said, I'll sit right there on that sofa. I'll be here from now to whenever you leave and close this place up and turn the lights off. If there are four minutes that I can see him, I will be right there. Poor lady stared at me for about five hours until finally, no kidding, she lets me in. I'm sitting at the desk with this person who has my transcript pulled up on his computer monitor where I'm sitting on the other side of the desk looking at his face as he with absolute amazement is reading my transcript. (laughs) Looks back at me and I said, I know, I know, I know, but here's the thing. My purpose has been off. My priorities have been out of whack. I have something that I need to do in life, and I need to go to grad school, and I need to get this degree, and I am ready to do whatever it takes to make it happen. Please have mercy on me. You ever been there? Anybody been there? Takes a deep breath and says, I don't know what what or why, but I'm going to get you in class today. You need to take X, uh, you need to take, great, done, you don't have to go stand and put your thing in the thing and hope the computer gives you the classes you want and something that will work out. Here's what you're doing, here's your first class, you should go now. Um, And then he writes a note, a handwritten note and says, you want to give this to the professor. Basically saying, let this guy in, I know you've already had a week of class, but I have a feeling he'll be able to figure it out and catch up. And from that moment on, <clears throat> and this isn't a big rah-rah for me, it just was an encouragement, of course. I did, in the next year, because we were in quarters, so there were four quarters in a year, from that moment to the end of the next summer when I needed to go to seminary with people my age that were going to grad school, when I should have been going to grad school, I did two and a half years of college in one year. And in the last quarter, the summer quarter, because we do five-hour classes, you go one hour every day. You take three of those in a quarter, you do 15 hours a quarter, 45 hours a year, most people wouldn't do the summer. So here we are in the summer, I took seven classes in the summer quarter, 35 hours I took in the summer quarter. They had to go hire a professor from Emory to teach me my last uh, class in Greek because no one was teaching it that summer. 
God was just getting involved in every way to say, I'm going to help you do this. And I did. And, and you know, it did eat into other things. But um, my, my um, point I'm trying to make is my priorities changed. Because all of a sudden, everything that I cared about was all in here. My purpose, which I knew what it was. I don't know if that's spelled right, but you get it. My desires and what was required of me all overlapped in one place. And when they did, my priorities changed. And there were a lot of things I missed out on that summer. But going to class seven times a day, five days a week, wasn't one of them. Still played on BTTR, a softball team with Andy Stanley and a few of our buddies. Um, Bachelors till the rapture is our team. (laughs) Praise God that that wasn't a self-fulfilling prophecy. But a lot of other things fell by the wayside. And, and it didn't mean that I you know, missed whatever they were. Our Thursday night softball games, most of which we played right up the street from here at Morningside Baptist Church. But it meant that a lot of other things got readjusted. Why? Because my priorities shifted. And I believe today, in the next just a few minutes that we have together, God wants to talk to us about our priorities. Understanding that a lot of things are required. But maybe some of the things required can be modified. Uh, Understanding that we all do have these desires and purposes in our lives, and some of them are good, and some of them are just okay, and some of them God doesn't care if they fall by the wayside either. But the main thing is, is that you and I need to, to kind of understand what is my purpose? And is my purpose anywhere in my priorities? And I want to encourage you to think about this, not on a 2023 scale, but on a 23 scale. What do you mean by that? That you don't get too hung up unless you need to, and some of you need to. Some of you are planners and you're already thinking about 2025 and God bless you. But, and if you need a 2023 plan and you need a word for the year and you need an arc that you can go on all year long, then, then you go to town on all that. But I believe for most of us where God wants to bring the power to us today is not God's plan for you in 2023, but God's plan for you on 23, which is tomorrow. On 123, what will be the priority of your day tomorrow on January 23rd? Not what are your big things you've written over your year for 2023, which if I'm just can be honest again, we have no idea what's coming this year. We don't know if another world war is coming. We don't know if a greater economic collapse is on the horizon. 
We don't know if somebody who's in office is going out of office or somebody who's out of office is going in office. We don't know a lot of the macro elements. You don't know if your company is about to lay off 1,500 people in six days from now. You don't know. And so, yes, the big arcs are fantastic, and God has big plans and goals for us. Most of them are over here in the purpose zone of life. And they're not down into, am I actually going to make it to Switzerland this year or not? And so I would love to encourage us to think like Jesus thought. And the text today is so simple because anyone, whether you've been in church or not, you know this text. But God is kind of underscoring the point so that you can walk away today and go, oh, that wasn't just somebody's like kind of thinking up a new way to tackle the New Year's resolution message for our church. But it's actually the way of Jesus. He says in Matthew 6, 25, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Now, we think these are modern Western things, but apparently people have been worried about these things for a while. Is is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are are, Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Now that question, you know, obviously the answer is all of us feel like we can add a single hour to our life by worrying because we are world-class worriers and by worrying we're trying to do this very thing. But he's trying to help us understand. Why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry. I mean, how many times is he going to say this in one paragraph? Saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. That word his righteousness just could possibly mean His divine approval. So seek first his kingdom. What is God doing? And seek first as you're moving through life that you're moving into things that you know have divine approval on them and in them. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things will be given to you as well. In other words, there's nothing wrong with food. There's nothing wrong with housing. There's nothing wrong with wearing something. And there's nothing wrong with going to Switzerland. And it's fine for you to seek all those things. Just don't prioritize them in such a way that they overshadow the purposes of God. And as a result of that, overload you with a sense of worry about how you're going to work all that out. He says, okay to seek these things. Just seek first 
his thing. And all these other things will be added to you as well. Therefore, he's going to say it one more time, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. In other words, could it be that God wants us to not overwhelm ourselves with a whole year's worth of what we're going to do and wants to help us prioritize rightly today so that we then can be about his things in this day. So the goal of this talk, and again, I'm not trying to be prescriptive at all, is that you would consider making a priority of 2023 or of 123. Let's just say tomorrow. That you would consider making a priority tomorrow, a desire to navigate the natural world with a supernatural mindset. That that would be a desire. People say, what's your word for the year? I don't have one yet. Uh, what are your seven big goals for the year? I'm not really sure. Don't have them yet. What are your three big New Year's resolutions? I'm not really sure. I just know that when I wake up tomorrow, I want to make it a priority of mine to navigate this natural world that I'm in with a supernatural mindset. In other words, I want to elevate my attention towards the kingdom of God more than the kingdom of man and the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of the here and now and the kingdom of me. I want to elevate my attention to the kingdom of God and I want to navigate my job, my class, my school, my friends, my to-do list, my requirements, my desires, and my created purpose. I want to navigate all of that in the natural with a supernatural mindset. You say, well, why would I want to do that? Because you are in the supernatural. Can I just show you two things really fast? Colossians or Ephesians. Let's just go over a few pages. Ephesians 2. Text we all know super well about how we're saved by grace through faith. Verse 4. But God, because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace... You have been saved. But here's the kicker, conjunction and, verse 6, God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Christ in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. In other words, when you got saved, you didn't get your name simply transferred from not going to heaven to going to heaven. Now, navigate the natural world as best you can, but be encouraged when your time in the natural world is over, you'll be transported into the supernatural world. No, he said, as soon as you joined up with Christ, you were joined up with Christ. And you were raised up with him in the spirit, seated with him at the right hand of God in heaven. This is your position spiritually right now. You're already placed in the supernatural world. So then he would say in another letter, a few pages over in Colossians chapter 4, 
or Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, he would say, since then, remember, we've been raised with Christ, since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And then here's the mind-boggling part. When Christ, who is your life, not just your Savior, not just your theological anchor point, not just a means by which you can get to heaven, but he's your life. He's your Monday, your Tuesday, your Wednesday. He's your, I can't do it. He's like, I can. He's your, I don't have enough strength. He's like, I do. He's your, I don't have grace for this. He's like, I have grace for this. I, I, I can't forgive. I can forgive. I can't overcome. I can overcome. I am not only your savior, your bridge, your helper. I'm your life. I'm your life, not just a transactional thing. When Christ, who is your life, appears, and he's appearing, people. And when he appears, we can't even imagine what it's going to be like when he appears. The trumpet will sound, and in the twinkling of an eye, we all will behold him. And every knee will bow and every tongue will confess and no one can even fathom what kind of royalty and regality and awe and shock and wonder that moment is going to be when Christ returns. Talk about glory. And he says, when Christ, who is your life, appears, you will appear with him in glory. In other words, when he comes riding in, I'm coming riding in. Oh, I won't be going. I'll just be going. Him. I'm with him. I'm with him. Why? Because I've already been spiritually joined to him and elevated with him right now into a supernatural reality. So I've got some time to burn in the natural world, but I'm not a part of it. I'm a part of a supernatural world. So on 23, tomorrow, you say, well, why not today? Well, Let's just give ourselves grace. Give you some time to think about your requirements, your desires, and your purpose. Let all those things marinate a little bit. Let you start letting God speak to you about what are the priorities that he wants to put in your life. What would cause you to go from the left lane to the exit and to cross back over the freeway and say, you know what, I made a U-turn today because my priorities changed. See, that's where the power is. Like, you know, I, I just say it a different way. I mean, for all of us, but uh, part of your purpose is to know God. Be awesome if one of your desires was to know God. But here's a little newsflash. It's required of you to know God. And if you don't, 
you'll be held accountable for it. It's a bigger deal than letting your kids walk to school on their own tomorrow. You're, you're, you're required to worship him. I mean, you're, you're created to worship him. Be awesome if your desire was to worship him. But here's the news flash. You're required to worship him. And that's the beauty because all of a sudden now your sweet spot where all of your priorities collide is I'm a worshiper of God because I was made to be and I want to be and I'm also required to be. And all my priority worlds just collided. So guess what's one of the things I am going to do? I'm going to worship God (laughs) because it's the burning center of priority for my life. For me, uh, down here in the gifting thing, preach. Guess what? may not know this. I'm required to preach. I have an employment agreement with this church. You may not know. I don't just float in here on a whim. And I'm required by that employment agreement to preach here a certain number of times every year. And I get compensated for it. It's a requirement. It's part of my job. Oh, you just don't roll out of bed and go, I have an inspiring series I'd like to do. I think I'll go to church. I I hopefully uh, desire to preach. If I were dead honest, I would tell you sometimes I don't desire what I'm required to do and I know that I'm created to do. But for me, preaching is in the red hot center. And it is where all my priorities come together. And I don't disparage the fact that I'm required to do this because you know what? I love doing this. And I was created to do it. So what for you is getting in that space where you know now my desire is to navigate this natural world, but to navigate it with a supernatural mindset. I would say for 23, 123, and again, no prescription. We don't need more lists. Nobody needs more lists. I would think about waking up tomorrow And you say, well, how do I set my mind on things above? How do I think about things above? How do I elevate my thinking? You just maybe ask these things. When you wake up tomorrow, do you know how to find your father, number one? Do you know how to find him? He knows how to find you, but do you know how to find him? Quick. You got to find him before you find Fox. You got to find him before you find CNN. You got to find him before you find whether or not they responded to your direct message or not. You got to find him before you find your email. You've got to find your father first. It has to be a priority. Why? Because your purpose is to be connected in relationship to your father. The second thing is you got to feed your soul. You've got to get in this word. I mean, I cannot tell you, it doesn't matter what time I wake up, there's already a light on in our room. It doesn't matter what time it is. 6.10, 
I might not be getting up at 610, but I'm awake. There's a light on over there. Look over there. It's the word. Because Shelly prioritizes feeding her soul the very first thing she does in the morning before she even puts one foot on the floor. It's a priority. It is a requirement, by the way, that you read God's word every day. You're like, well, why is God so tough on people? Isn't that awful that he makes us read the word of God every day? Isn't that terrible of him? Which is richer than honey. It's better than the whole honeycomb. More precious than silver, more valuable than gold. It makes the simple wise. It protects you on your path. It keeps you from the snare. It shines light on each step. And it nourishes the soul. Isn't it awful that he tells you, you really got to read this every day? And we're like, no, I'm good. I'm really good. I'm going to go over here and kind of work my way down the financial news headlines again. Can I tell you, earnings, they're spotty. Uh, Crypto is still uh, a big risk. The tightening is going to continue. It's going to have to get to five or six percent. It's going to linger into 2023. One of the big techs will lay off a bunch of people in the next 10 days. I just saved you reading Market Watch tomorrow. I promise you, you read it, you see anything different than that on there like big news flash, then please let us all know. But he's saying this has got to be the priority. So I wake up, I find my father, I feed my soul. These are not complicated things. I follow the spirit and I fulfill kingdom assignments. 23. That was my priority. For 23. I didn't feel the weight of, oh my goodness, I'm going to read the whole Bible in a year. And then some of you have committed to doing that, and that is beautiful and amazing and phenomenal, and I applaud you. I promise you, you probably already feel some weight. And that might not be bad. Weight's not bad. But what if you just woke up tomorrow and said, today my priority is to feed my soul, and so I'm going to be in this word today? not making any grand promises. I'm not Instagramming anything about how I'm going to read two chapters of the Bible every day for the rest of my life. I'm just going to make a priority out of living and navigating the natural world with a supernatural mindset. I expect to be a part of miracles today. Hello? I expect that God will give me assignments through the day today. I mean like random ones. Her, lady looking at the pasta in the grocery store, I need you to talk to her. About what? I don't know. You start going and I'll help you when you get going. Why don't you start with, hi, is there anything I can pray for you about? I know that sounds random and weird. And maybe if it is, just tell me and I'll be on my way back down to the canned goods. 
And she may say, you're weird and that's random. And when she does, you go, have a great day. But she may say, my daughter, And you may say, yeah, just ask her name, Stephanie. I want you to know that not only will I be praying for Stephanie, but my family will be praying for her. And my small group at my church will be praying for her too. I prayed for a guy in Publix a few weeks ago. I mean, at the checkout. He said, well, will you pray for me right now? I said, absolutely. Dear God. I pray for my new friend. I had my eyes open trying to not look too weird. He didn't. He didn't care. He just bowed his head and we prayed right there. The lady's cat is having surgery. And if the problem came back, she couldn't afford the second surgery. And she was going to have to put him to sleep. I said, I will pray. My team will pray. Anna, <laughs> we will pray. See her a few weeks later. How's your cat? Dear Lord, I hope the cat made it. <laughs> but what does that do? Again, that's, forget me. This is about you. This is about you. Kingdom assignments. Led by the Spirit. I've already nourished my soul. So if someone did need a word of encouragement, I would have one. Because I was just reading today. Boom. You'd be shocked. Isn't it amazing how many times what you were just reading today is that word that somebody needs in that moment? Not only did you need it, but they need it. And I found my father today. So I started this whole thing with my priorities kind of aimed in the right direction. And you'd be, I think we'd all be shocked. Now, I don't know what kind of church that is. This person with the cat, they, they don't know a lot about what all we do. They're not 100% sure who I am. It's not like, oh, that's Louis Giglio. He's one of the pastors at Passion City Church. Oh, they have three locations in Atlanta. Blah, blah, blah. I'm just a dude that comes in the store. But somehow somebody in the store knew who I was, and now all the people that work there know that I'm some holy man. And <laughs> it's, you know, we're at that level right now. So people need anything, they know who to ask. But I wanted this person to know, our church cares about your cat. And I believe God cares about your cat. And I'm praying, I don't know if this person might even be in church today. And if you are, please thank you for letting me tell this story. And if you hear it later, I'm trying to be kind and gentle. But my thing was, maybe God will miraculously heal the cat. I know can't tell your face right now if you're like, God doesn't even like cats. <laughs> you don't know cats. But, but what if God healing the cat was the way that she found her way back 
into the family of God. And you say, well, yeah, well, just go the other way because I'm a skeptic. What if the cat died? I know. That's a big risk. That's one I'm willing to take. (laughs) So what if it's you that goes into 23? Not 2023, just 23. Going, I want to navigate a natural world with a supernatural mindset. And on 23, I'll find my father and feed my soul and follow the spirit. And I will fulfill kingdom assignments today. Does that mean you're just a worker, a cog in the wheel in the plan of God? No, it does not mean that at all. But he found Moses had a plan. He found Samuel while he was sleeping in the temple had a plan found Paul on a horse riding up to Damascus. He finds us with assignments for us and it might be as small as praying for somebody's cat. But you would never know if you weren't already thinking part of my priority today is to fulfill kingdom assignments i'm not so concerned with just getting the pasta i noticed the lady if you were encouraged by today's talk be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on itunes spotify or wherever you stream your podcasts To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at passioncitychurch.com or download the Passion Movement app. And again, thanks for listening to the Passion City Church Podcast.